Christ yesterday and today, the beginning and the ending. To Christ belongs all time and all the ages. To Christ belongs glory and dominion, now and forever. Amen. The light of Christ rising in glory, dispel the darkness of our hearts and minds.
Let us pray. O God, you are the creator of the world, the liberator of your people, and the wisdom of the earth. By the resurrection of your Son, free us from our fears, restore us in your image, and ignite us with your light. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from Genesis, with commentary from Pope Francis's encyclical, Laudato Chi, on care for our common home. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness God called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Everything is connected. Concern for the environment thus needs to be joined to a sincere love for our fellow human beings and an unwavering commitment to resolving the problems of society. A true ecological approach always becomes a social approach. It must integrate questions of justice in debates on the environment so as to hear both the cry of the earth and the cry of the poor. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made a dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so, and God called the dome sky. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. The earth herself, burdened and laid waste, is among the most abandoned and maltreated of our poor. She groans in travail. We have forgotten that we ourselves are dust of the earth. Our very bodies are made up of her elements. We breathe her air and we receive life and refreshment from her waters. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. 
Whether believers or not, we are agreed today that the earth is essentially a shared inheritance whose fruits are meant to benefit everyone. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, and let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. The Eucharist joins heaven and earth. It embraces and penetrates all of creation. The Eucharist is also a source of light and motivation for our concerns for the environment, directing us to be stewards of all creation. Christian spirituality proposes an alternative understanding of the quality of life and encourages a prophetic and contemplative lifestyle, one capable of deep enjoyment, free of the obsession with consumption. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created every living thing that moves. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. We have only one heart, and the same wretchedness which leads us to mistreat an animal will not be long in showing itself in our relationships with other people. Every act of cruelty toward any creature is contrary to human dignity. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, and let, us, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. We are not God. Nowadays, we must forcefully reject the notion that our being created in God's image and given dominion over the earth justifies absolute domination over other creatures. So God created humankind in the divine image. In the image of God, humankind was created. Male and female, God created them. And it was so. God saw everything that had been made. And indeed, it was very good. And it was evening, and it was morning, the sixth day. The ultimate purpose of other creatures is not to be found in us. Rather, all creatures are moving forward with us and through us toward a common point of arrival, which is God. And in that transcendent fullness where the risen Christ embraces and illumines all things. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that had been done. And God rested on the seventh day from all the work that had been done. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. 
Let us pray. Almighty God, you wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and yet more wonderfully restored it. In your mercy, let us share the divine life of him who came to share our humanity, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. A reading from Genesis. This is Oliver Sevick from WBIBLE with an update on our weather emergency. For the latest on this unprecedented storm, we're taking out a meteorologist, Jake Johnson. Thanks, Oliver. I've never seen a storm like this before. Not only is it raining cats and dogs out here, but it's raining porcupines, birds, frogs, tigers, an entire zoo. This storm came utterly without warning. It didn't appear on our Doppler radar until just a few hours ago when all of a sudden, the windows of heaven seemed to open at once. There seems to be no end in sight to this either. As you can see on our uh, extended forecast, there will be 40 more days and nights of this downpour. <laughs> What's that? Now I'm getting a report that the fountains of the great deep have burst forth. That's right. The waters underneath the earth are bursting forth. It's absolute chaos out here. Thanks, Jake. Have you been able to see? <laughs> Have you been able to see how people are handling the storm of the millennium BC? I'm out here in front of Noah's Ark, and all I'm seeing is lines of animals making their way to the ship. I can see lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. <laughs> Let me see if I can get an interview. Here are a couple of alpaca who seem pretty calm about this storm. <laughs> can you tell us what you're doing out in this weather? Sure. A few months ago, we were grazing on the mountaintop and minding our own business when I got this feeling. We heard about Noah and his boat, and I turned right there to the missus and told her we need to get on that boat. So we've been walking for a couple days, and it just started raining. That's right, Jake. Love your show, by the way. <laughs> the world is a really dangerous place for us animals. People are just wicked. Have you seen what they're doing to the environment? Some of our relatives have even gone extinct. Extinct. The world is just not a, it's not a safe place to start a family. So here we are, hoping to make it on the ark with all the other animals. There you have it. Now let's talk to the only person who seems unsurprised by this extreme weather. Noah, can you tell us what <laughs> Noah, can you tell us what's going on? Well, Jake, as you know, we've been seeing things go from bad to worse for a long time. Our society has become more violent, more partisan, and more irresponsible with the good gifts that God has given us. It was just a matter of time before God became disillusioned with us humans. 
And what about the ark? Well, my family and I started a property committee to oversee the construction. <laughs> With all our neighbors mocking us and being wicked and all, we didn't really get much out of the capital campaign. <laughs> so it took us 120 years to get the ark done. Well, this is my son, Japheth. Why don't you tell him about it? Well, it's made entirely of cypress wood, covered in pitch to keep it watertight. It's 300 by 50 by 30 cubits, has three floors and a door in the side. We've been stocking it up with every kind of food to rescue the innocence of God's creation. We have food on the earth, and the light is coming! Hi, I'm Dove from UPS, United Pigeon Service. <laughs> we pigeons have been delivering messages and extending olive branches since the dawn of time. Like the spirit, we're everywhere, and leave a mess wherever we go. <laughs> Here's a testimonial from a satisfied customer. I couldn't believe it when God told my husband and me to build a boat in the desert. But then the flood came, and boy, were we glad we did. We floated for 40 days and nights in that thing. Luckily, Dove and his friends from UPS offered to help us find some dry land. They worked tirelessly for 21 days until they knew it was safe for us to get off of that boat. Thanks be to God for getting us and the animals through this flood to a new world where we can start over again. Word of God, word of life.
Let us pray. O God, strength of the powerless and light in all darkness, look in mercy upon your church, that wonderful and sacred mystery, that it may be an ark of peace in the midst of chaos. Let the whole world come to see that what was fallen is being raised up, that what was old is being made new, and that all things are being restored to wholeness through him from whom they first took being, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reading from Exodus. After a long time, the king of Egypt died, and the Israelites groaned under their slavery and cried out. Out of the slavery, their cry rose up to God. God heard their groanings, and God remembered God's covenant with Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Jacob. God looked upon the Israelites, and God took notice of them. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of God appeared to him in a flame, out of fire, out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When God saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am, God. Then God said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your father and mother, Abraham and Sarah, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And then God said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. I have come to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The word of the Lord.
Let us pray. God who breaks the chains of oppression. You revealed yourself to your servant Moses in the awesome wonder of the burning bush and appointed him to lead your people to freedom in the promised land. By the fire of your spirit today, reveal yourself afresh and strengthen us to free the enslaved and break the bonds of the captive, that they may openly sing your praise, now and forever. Amen. to me. Tell the Israelites to go forward, and you lift up your staff and with your hand outstretched over the sea, split the sea in two. The Israelites may pass through it on dry land, but I will make the Egyptians so obstinate that they will go in after them. Then I will receive glory through Shouldn't stop. 
Let us pray. O God, whose wonderful deeds of old shine forth even to our own day, by the power of your mighty arm, you once delivered your chosen people from slavery under Pharaoh, a sign for us of the salvation offered to everyone by the water of baptism. Grant that all the peoples of the earth may partake in the salvation of the Israelites and together dance on the safe side of the sea 
through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Readings from Baruch, Proverbs, Syrac, and the Wisdom of Solomon. Learn where there is wisdom, where there is strength, where there is understanding, so that you may at the same time discern where there is length of days and life, where there is light for the eyes and peace. Who has found the place of wisdom? And who has entered her storehouses? This is our God, to whom no other can be compared. God found the whole way to knowledge and gave her to Jacob, God's servant, and to Israel, the one whom God loved. Afterward, she appeared on earth and lived with humankind. She is the book of the commandments of God, the law that endures forever. Turn, O Jacob, and take her, walk toward the shining of her light. Does not wisdom call, and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out. To those without sense, she says, come, eat of my bread, come drink of my wine. Come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. praises herself and tells of her glory in the midst of her people. In the assembly of the Most High, she opens her mouth, and in the presence of his hosts, she tells of her glory. I came forth from the mouth of the Most High and covered the earth like a mist. I dwelt in the highest heavens, and my throne was in a pillar of cloud. 
then the creator of all things gave me a command, and my creator chose the place for my tent. The creator said, make your dwelling in Jacob, and in Israel receive your inheritance. I took root in an honored people, in the portion of the Lord, his heritage. For she is a reflection of eternal light, a spotless mirror of the working of God, and an image of divine goodness. She is more beautiful than the sun and excels every constellation of the stars. Compared with the light, she is found to be superior. She reaches mightily from one end of the earth to the other, and she orders all things well. of God, word of life. Let us pray. O oh God, you yearn for us like a lover. You call us to live by your wisdom, which is more beautiful than the rising sun. As you beckon us to eat the bread of life and drink the cup of suffering, may we gather forever at your feast of life and walk always in your ways of justice and truth. Through Christ, your wisdom made flesh. Amen. The story of Jonah and a really big fish. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city. The people there are very wicked. They embezzle from orphanages. And if they do not repent, I will destroy their city. 
But Jonah, he set out to flee to Tarshish. Oh, away from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, lame. And he went away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And the sailors were afraid. And each cried out to her or his own God. And they threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship, and he had lain down. He was fast asleep. The captain and the sailors came, and they said to Jonah, Why are you asleep? Call on your God to save us. They said to Jonah, Jonah replied, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who created the sea and the dry land. But then the sailors were even more afraid because they knew that now Jonah was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. So the sailors said to Jonah, What shall we do to you? How can we make the sea calm down? Because the sea is growing more and more tempestuous. And Jonah said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and the sea shall become calm. It's because of me that there's this great storm. Nevertheless, the sailors rowed very hard to bring the ship back to the land. Oh, but alas, they could not. For the sea, it grew more and more stormy against them, and so they cried out together to the Lord. And the sea ceased its raging. And now the sailors worshipped Jonah's God. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for how many? Three days and three nights. Now Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. And God heard Jonah's prayers, and he caused the fish to spew Jonah forth out onto the dry land. <laughs> when God commanded a second time that Jonah go to Nineveh, oh man, he did not hesitate. Jonah set out on the road, and he went north to Nineveh. Jonah walked throughout the city, and he proclaimed, People of Nineveh, the city will be destroyed in 40 days, all because of your sins. Well, the king told everybody to repent, and that is exactly what they did. They prayed for forgiveness, and God heard their prayers and saw their changed ways, and God didn't destroy the city because God is kind and loving, merciful and patient. That is the story of Jonah and the really, really, really big fish. Word of God, word of life.
Let us pray. O God of deliverance, you saved Jonah through the waters of death, and after three days, you brought him to new life. Speak to us by this sign and call us to repentance that we may heed the voice of your risen Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. This is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the Fiery Furnace. You've probably heard of the three of us. We're in children's Bible storybooks. We're the good guys, and many people's favorite Easter visual reading. We, <laughs> we grew up as royal pages in the court of King Nebuchadnezzar. We were ten times smarter than all the magicians and enchanters of the day. The three of us, we're always together. Our own little trinity, you might say. But let us tell you about King Nebuchadnezzar. We started out liking him, and he really jived on us. We would interpret his dreams, and we'd give him a lot of attention. We'd stoke his ego, which we could tell he really liked. You're right, Shadrach. Since he was the most powerful person in the land, he naturally needed to be praised. If you ask me, he was a narcissist. Everything was about him. The king took credit for everything and it wasn't below him to put the little guy down. <laughs> Even though he reigned far and wide, he was on a mad campaign to make Babylon great again. <laughs> and that meant everybody needed to think like him, worship like him, and agree with him. He was incredibly sensitive to criticism and was famous for lashing out at his enemies, who accused him of collusion with a foreign god. <laughs> At first, we tried to keep the fact that we were Jews a secret. After all, hate crimes were on the rise in Babylon, and the last thing we needed was exposure that we worshipped one god, not all the gods of Babylon. Now, our problem started when King Nebuchadnezzar put up a golden statue, and it kind of looked just like the king. It was solid gold, right in the middle of a field and about six cubits wide by 60 cubits tall. And that's a lot of cubits for those of you who don't think in cubits. <laughs> After the king gazed lovingly on the statue that he called big and beautiful, he made a decree. He sent for all the most famous people in the land to come to the awesome dedication ceremony for the giant golden statue. And they all came. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces. Not to mention the press and some protesters for religious freedom as well. And the music. It was awesome. I mean, you think you have great music in this church. The herald proclaimed over the loudspeakers, you are commanded, O nations, peoples, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, an entire musical ensemble, you are to fall down and worship the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. We're fine with other people worshiping as they see fit. 
But then the Herald went on to say that the king tweeted that he had signed an executive order that whoever didn't fall down and worship the statue would be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. Clearly he likes to make threats. And let's say this put us into a bit of a pickle. To bow down before that idol would be blasphemy for us as Jews. So we refuse to worship the golden statue. No way would we compromise our faith. And word got to King Nebuchadnezzar that we were breaking the law, well, the king's law, that is, and so he sent for us. And though we trusted in our God, we were still scared to death. The king looked at us with disdain, and that smirk he has, daring us to disobey him. Then he told us, now listen, guys, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, and entire musical ensemble, I want you to fall down and worship the golden statue, or else it's going to be bad, real bad, real bad for you and your bad hombres. <laughs> You'll be thrown into the blazing fire, and who is the God that will save you then? And we looked at each other, and we nodded. We told the king that we didn't need to defend ourselves. We said to him, if God can deliver us, let God deliver us. Then if not, we will not bow down. We will not serve your gods. You do not intimidate us. You should have seen the king then. He got really heated, if you know what I mean. He had a temper tantrum and his face got distorted. He considered our remarks so inflammatory that he ordered the furnace be turned up seven times more than normal. And one of the guards grabbed us and threw us into the fire. My heart was beating so fast, I saw my life pass before my eyes. And you'll never believe it, but the man who threw us into the fire was killed by the flames. I just closed my eyes. I didn't want to look. But then an amazing thing happened. We were standing in the middle of the fire, and we weren't harmed at all. We, we didn't even feel hot. The king was stupefied. He asked his counselors why there were four men in the blazing fire. And they told him that the fourth had the appearance of a god. And I'll never forget what happened next. King Nebuchadnezzar came to the door of the furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come out right now from this fire. And out we walked. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors all took a look at us. And they saw that the fire had done no harm to us. Not a hair of ours was singed. And we didn't even have the smell of smoke on our clothes. Then King Nebuchadnezzar blessed our God and said that an angel had delivered us because we refused to worship any god but our God. And the king made a decree against anybody who blasphemes against our God. We couldn't believe it. Even when things look bleakest, God brings hope and new life. And we cheered and cheered. Blessed be God, now and forever. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, you are the only hope of the world. By the proclamation of your prophets, you declare to us the mysteries of your salvation. By the grace of your spirit, increase devotion of all the baptized, that strengthened by your presence, we may withstand hardship and sorrow and be united with your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Thank you. 
pictures were unbelievable. Notre Dame Cathedral in flames. But we dare not forget the fire of hate, the fire that has destroyed mosques and synagogues and black churches in the South. Fire may be destructive, but it also provides warmth and light. And like our forebears gathered around primitive bonfires, we gathered around one outside. We've held a flame of fire in our hands. And there, were, and there was fire all over the readings, a fiery ball at creation, God appearing in a burning bush, the fire, a pillar of fire leading the slaves to freedom, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego alive in the fire. Our pillar of fire has central place at the front of the church, the light of Christ bringing us out of darkness, the light of Christ giving us hope when there's despair. The light of Christ bringing us to a new day where all people have the dignity of the children of God. Our ancient desert fathers told this story. Abelot came to Abba Joseph and said, Father, I fast, I pray, I meditate, I strive to keep my head clean. What else should I do? The elder stretched out his hands to heaven, and his ten fingers became like lamps of fire. And he said, why not become the fire? Dear people of God, as you live your baptism in the world, as your passion for life and beauty and justice ignite your faith, as you say yes to the power of the resurrection unleashed this night and the divine love, you become fire. It is then, as one writer says, that humankind discovers fire for the second time in history. So burning with the radiance of this night, we now go to the water to remember God's faithfulness and to renew our baptismal promises. A reading from Romans. Do you, not, do you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with Christ by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with Christ in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with Christ so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Word of God, word of life.
The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Water, water, we praise you, O God, for water. Lake Michigan and the Chicago River, the rain that nourishes animals and plants, the water for drinking and bathing. We praise you, O God, for water. We praise you, O God, for water. We praise you, O God, for our water stories a flood that cleansed the earth, the sea that drowned the enemy, Jesus baptized in the Jordan River, washing the disciples' feet on the cross, thirsting for us. We praise you, O God, for water. We praise you, O God, for water. We praise you, O God, for this font, for you breathe into this water to wash away sin, and birth us anew into your peace and joy. We praise you, O God, for water. We praise you, O God, for water. O God, you are the ocean, the source of life. O God, you are the river, saving us from death. O God, you are the stream, restoring our community's strength. We praise you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit today, tomorrow, forever. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Together, let us join in professing our faith in Christ Jesus, rejecting sin and confessing the faith of the church. Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? Do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against God? Do you renounce the ways of sin that draw you from God? Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Dear friends, we give thanks to God for the gift of baptism and for these people, one with us in the body of Christ, who are making public affirmation of their baptism. I present Kelly Armstrong, Adam Buehling, Sarah Borgeson, Jonas Ellison, Alex Ellison, Barbara Kadirka, and Cindy Smith, who desire to make public affirmation of their baptism. You have made public profession of your faith. You intend to continue in the covenant God made with you in holy baptism, to live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed, to serve all people following the example of our Lord Jesus, 
and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. And assembly together. We do, and we ask God to help and guide us. People of God, you promise to support these siblings and pray for their life in Christ. We do, and we ask God to help and guide us. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, that through water and the Holy Spirit you give us new birth, cleanse us from sin, and raise us to eternal life. Stir up in these people the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. Let us welcome Kelly, Adam, Sarah, Jonas, Alex, Rory, Barbara, and Cindy to this community of faith. We rejoice with you in the gift of baptism. Together we will give thanks and praise to God and proclaim the good news to all of us.
Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. The peace of the risen Christ be with you always. You may be seated. Thank you so much for sharing this great vigil of Easter and such a thank you to the many dozens of people who have helped make this liturgy happen tonight. The feast continues upstairs and it is elegant and beautiful. So stay up past your bedtime a little bit to go upstairs. You can get there if you've never been to this church before through either of these doors. And I think it's maybe this way that we're to go. Either way, tonight, either door, and then there's a stairwell, and the food, and the color, and everything will be upstairs, so please join us. We now continue with the song as we set the table and prepare for the Eucharist.
God of deathless love, with high delight, with boundless joy, with jubilant song, we praise and bless you. For creating a world of wonder, we praise and bless you. For saving us with Noah from the waters of the flood, we praise and bless you. For appearing to us with Moses in a burning bush of glory, we praise and bless you. For freeing us with the Israelites from the bonds of oppression, we praise and bless you. For inviting us with the voice of Lady Wisdom to the feast of life, for delivering us with Jonah from the depths of the sea. We praise and bless you. For rescuing us with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. We praise and bless you. For baptizing us into the death and resurrection of your son, who on the night before he died took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Immerse us in his life-giving death. Come, Holy Spirit. Renew us in his resplendent resurrection. Come, Holy Spirit. Transform this body by his risen presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Make this meal the food and drink of the promised land, the body and blood of your Son. Come, Holy Spirit. Call us out of our wintry tombs and into your spring of new life. Renew the earth and all creature, creatures who share this orb with us. Come, Holy Spirit. O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Mother who births us anew this most holy night, blessing and honor, glory and might be to you now and forever. Amen. Baptized into Christ's death and resurrection, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in Hallelujah, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah.
Let us pray. Life-giving God, in the mystery of Christ's resurrection, you send light to conquer darkness, water to give new life, and the bread of life to nourish your people. Send us forth as witnesses to your son's resurrection, that we may show your glory to all the world. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. May the Almighty who shaped the earth and kindled the lights of heaven renew you in the image of God. Amen. May Christ who shattered the chains of death lead you forward in freedom. Amen. May the Spirit who breathed forth resurrection power fill your hearts with boundless joy. May God bless you now and forever in the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Amen.